Welcome to the Six Figure Product Biz Podcast. I'm Carrie, a product-based business coach. I started, scaled, and sold a successful multi-six-figure e-commerce business, and now I love teaching entrepreneurs like you how to start, grow, and scale your dream product business. I'm obsessed with all things marketing, e-commerce, and business, and I cannot wait to share all my secrets with you. I also love all things dogs and coffee. Each week, you'll learn step-by-step tangible strategies to help you scale to the next level in your business, skyrocket your sales and traffic, reach more customers, and gain greater visibility in your business. Because I know you don't want to waste your time or energy trying to figure it out all on your own, but you want the business growth roadmap so you can create a profitable product business that gives you the life you love. Whether you're thinking of starting a product biz or scaling yours, this podcast is the secret sauce to making all those dreams come true. So grab your coffee and your favorite notepad and let's get started. Welcome to episode 110 of the Six Figure Product Business Podcast. Today is a episode featuring a female founder and I had such a blast recording this episode. I cannot wait for you guys to listen to it. But we have Nicole Cheneau, founder of F-Bombs and Booze, which is basically like my dream product. Her company makes boozy wine glasses, tumblers, coffee cups with heavy use of profanity and snarkiness. And in this episode, we, because it's a female founder episode, we're focusing more on her story. Like, what were the early days of her business like? How scrappy did she get? What are some of the things that led her to where she is today being featured in a hundred and I think she said 120 retail stores. She has her website. She's on Etsy. She sells on a lot of different platforms. She's going to be doing coaching for handmade businesses. She's killing it. And it's great to hear about where people are at now, but it's nice to also know how did they get to where they are today? Like what were the early days like? And that's what we talk about in this episode. This is a bit of a longer episode because we just had such a blast chatting. We were laughing the whole time, and um, I just had such a great time uh, chatting with Nicole. She's awesome. She has such a cool story, which I can't wait for you to hear. You're going to be like, what? Um, And her products are amazing. If you follow me on Instagram, I have been posting some videos of – I think I actually did an unboxing video, too, of a cup that says, I run on coffee, chaos, and cuss words. And I bought that from her shop because I saw her posting about it on Instagram. And I was like, God, I love your brand. I just think you're doing a great job because I feel so connected to the brand and what you're saying. And so, of course, I had to buy one of her cups. And I've it's been in a lot of different videos that I've made. And again, it's a testament to a brand that you create that people just like love and gravitate towards. So great job, Nicole. But This episode's amazing. We are talking all about the early days of her business, how she got started, why she started her business, leaving the nine to five job, mindset, and so much in between. So grab, you know what, this episode, given that we have someone from a brand called F-Bombs and Booze, you're going to have to grab a big glass of wine for this episode. It's going to be a really, really good one. Hi, Nicole. I am so excited to have you on the podcast. How is it going? It's great. Thank you, Carrie. I'm so excited to be here and to chat with you today. Yay. Okay. So I feel like I have so many things that I want to chat with you about. And I know we've been chatting already about a few things like pivoting in your business and lots of cool stuff. Um, Before we dive into all that, just introduce yourself and tell everyone just a little bit about like 
what you do right now and anything interesting about yourself that you feel like sharing. Okay. I'm Nicole. I am the founder of F-Bombs and Booze. It's a sweary drinkware brand. We basically make tumblers, wine glasses, and glass tumblers with the heaviest of profanity and snarkiness. Um, And I sell those retail and wholesale. And I am also just started diving into doing one-on-one coaching for women-owned handmade businesses as well. Nice. And I have to say, I have your coffee cup right in front of me. I ordered, I don't know where I first, I don't know where I, we first got connected. I think I know that you signed up for my e-commerce sales Academy course, but I feel like, did I know you before then? I don't remember. I mean, maybe, maybe we connected on Instagram because I, I found your podcast and I started mm-hmm. binging it like crazy. I don't know if I messaged you or just started comment or we, or I don't know something, or it was your Facebook group connected to the course. Yeah. And then we started, yeah, following each other. But I remember, I remember when you signed up for the course and I saw your business name, I was like, oh my God, F-bombs and booze. (laughs) Like we are going to be friends because, (laughs) and it, it goes back to like something that I talk about all the time is like you, when you have a brand and when you create a brand that either attracts or repels people, like you're doing a lot of things right. And when I saw your brand for the first time and I saw your name and then I saw the product, And the wine glasses and the coffee cups with swears on them. I was like, oh my gosh, this is, these are made for me because I'm all about being sarcastic. And I also do swear a lot and I'm definitely very embracing. Like I kind of just own the fact that I like to swear. I don't don't feel like I have to apologize. And I also love all things coffee and wine. So I just feel like your brand was kind of created in a perfect way for someone like me. And that obviously speaks to why you're doing so well with your business, because your products speak to people. And when they see it, they're like, oh my gosh, I need to have that cup or that wine glass. So I just want to say that because I love it. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. And it's so funny that you say that you are embracing your basically sweary I say our, our foul mouths, sweary mouths or whatever it is, because mm-hmm. I think people are starting to be more people are starting to embrace that about themselves. It's not something that's like embarrassing as much as it used to be, or like as yeah. taboo as it once was. Um, and I think that's another reason why um, my brand is doing so well is that I'm just, I'm trying to make it like, if that's who you are, then just freaking, you know, rock it and just roll with it. And um, yeah. people are, and like you said, I'm, attracting and I'm definitely repelling people. And I'm, I'm okay with that because I, mm-hmm. I can't help everybody. I'm not here to help everybody. I'm just here for like the ones who are my people and my people. Cause. Yes. I love <laughs> it. Oh my gosh. I'm going to make a note of that. Cause I'm like, okay, that needs to be a little like Instagram quote graphic, <laughs> but that's so important. Cause so many people are, they think they have to, att- they have to appeal to everyone. And I have to say that is, probably one of the top mistakes that you can make as a business, as a small business, as a product-based business, you have to have an ideal customer and it cannot be everyone. Like if your ideal customer is like, I'm serving like women or something, I don't know. Or like, I'm serving women like twenties to fifties. I'm like, okay. And like, (laughs) and that was me when I first started, when I first started, that was me. I was making everything like wine glasses and vases and signs and shirts and this Mm -hmm. and that and like all of the things and I don't know I'm just my customers women I don't even I don't even have an age range and so 
Um, it took me a couple of years, but I finally was like, okay, it's the sweary wine tumblers that are really selling here. And I don't want to do custom stuff anymore. So that's like when the first pivot happened was when I pulled everything out of my shop um, and just had the wine glasses and tumblers available. Okay. I love it. Okay. We have to come back to that because that's, this is like the secret sauce and anyone listening here, I'm so excited for this episode because like I said, um, it's not easy to create a brand that again, you create a product and people are like, oh my gosh, I have to have that. That's actually not an easy thing. And I don't want to make it sound like it's easy, but I like the fact that you mentioned you didn't just start your business and get there. It took you some time. So I want to unpack that, but I would love to go back to the early days. So like, what were you doing? I would love to know what were you doing before you started your business? Like what was your career or whatever? Um, or I don't know, like your, I think we call them like our real job, like our That's old, what I my, my real world job is our what I old, say. yeah. Like our former <laughs> real world job, what were you doing? And then what, like, I want to talk about your, how this business started. So anything okay. you want to share? All right. Well, back in 2017, I was a store manager for a major grocery retail chain here in the Bay Area. And I was transferred to a store in um, Marin County so that every day I had to cross a bridge to get to that store. And I was really upset that I had to leave an old district that I had been in for 17 years, my whole career. And I was tired of not having a good work-life balance because when you're a store manager, you are going to be contacted off the hook on your days off as well, because we were in corporate's backyard and all of that. So Very quickly, I started to um, get anxiety and some depression came on. And um, after about calling my fiance every day, crying at work for about a week, I was like, I'm just going to go to the doctor and see, you know, like take some time off and get a week off and go to the doctor. So I did that. And they sent me to a psychologist and the psychologist, she was a very nice lady, but she was like, well, when you get stressed and you feel everything around you, you know, falling around you, just open your imaginary umbrella and it will just fall around you. And I remember thinking, I would like to hit you with this imaginary umbrella. Like, what is that going to do for me? (laughs) I I am sitting here bawling in your office and I'm like, that, that's okay. That's the best we got here. Okay. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> then I went to imaginary my doctor. umbrella. That's horrible. <laughs> so then I went to my doctor and he was like, well, here are the three options. We could um, put you on medication. You could um, find a new job or you could just quit your job. And I was like, mm, okay, well, I don't want to be medicated because I know what the underlining problem is. But I was a breadwinner. I was making six figures in for my family. I'd been in this company for 17 years. I started there when I was 16, hired on my 16th birthday from a bagger all the way to store manager. So like, how do you just quit? But I knew that I was being a terrible mom. I was being a terrible partner to my fiance. And after I went back to work and nothing changed, I would cry every day. As soon as I hit that bridge to cross it, because my store was on the other side, I get sick to my stomach. Oh my God. Um, it was, yeah, it was horrible. And so one day when I called my fiance, he's like, I'm done. That's it. Put in your two week notice. I don't care. We're going to figure this out. We, you just cannot be there anymore. Like I can't, like we can't do this. And so with his blessing, my last day there was the day before my 17th anniversary with the company and I quit. And um, so my cousin wow. came over 
And she was like, all right, let's figure out what your strengths are, your weaknesses are, like what kind of job you're going to apply for. And she, um, I had just had bought a cricket for my daughter's birthday parties. And I was like, look, I just made this cup and blah, blah, blah. And she was all, well, if nothing else works, you could always be a cricket master. And I was like, yeah, okay. And then she left and I was like, huh. Light bulb. Mm. I love it. So then I started making stuff and posting it on my Facebook. My first customer was an admin for me at my previous company. And um, I did the big no-no and I made uh, Mickey Mouse shirts for her birth announcement. So I don't recommend trademark (laughs) violations. It's not a good way to roll. But I quickly learned about that and stopped doing that. And so a few months later, I opened an Etsy shop and... Now it's, I just celebrated six years of um, being a business owner and I have Etsy. I've got my, yeah, I've got my website. I'm on multiple, like I have Amazon stuff. I'm on wholesale platforms. I'm in 150 um, small business and boutiques now. And um, now I'm starting this coaching to help others. And I haven't looked back and I'm really glad that I was able to um, quit and do something different that I had no idea I would ever be doing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so, I just want to like, just acknowledge all that because that's, it's, that's a huge thing to be able to like have the courage to quit a job that you've been at for seven, did you say 17 years? I mean, that is like a lifetime. That's a long time. So (laughs) I can imagine that wasn't an easy decision, but I think that's amazing that you were like, F it, I'm going to figure out a different option here. Like you could, you somehow knew that you would figure out a better option for yourself. So I think that's amazing. Um, and I love the, your friend was like, Oh, you could be like a cricket master. That's so funny. Um, and you're like, Oh, well maybe I could. So let's talk about when you first, you say you did a few sales for, uh, you post on your Facebook group and our Facebook page, whatever. Um, and then you open an Etsy store. Let's talk about like the early, early days of your Etsy store. What that looked like was the na- was your current, because I'm going to assume your current name maybe was not your original name. No. Let's talk about like the early days. What were you selling? Like, how did you figure out how to, like, what made you say, oh, I should be an Etsy? Like, did you already know about Etsy? And Well, yeah, because I am um, self-proclaimed, I am not creative. I can't do any, make anything creative. So I was an avid Etsy shopper because I'm not making anything. I'm just going to go buy it because I, okay. um, so I knew all about Etsy. And then I had another friend who was like, you should probably put stuff on Etsy because that's just another platform for you to like really start getting your business going. And that, so when I opened, I had like, like I said, just so much random shit, like a, a teacher vase and like these shirts and like mermaids. Like it was a hot, (laughs) hot mess, hot mess, dumpster fire, like hot mess. But, and I named my shop inspired by BB because we call our daughter's nickname is BB. And so like, I quit my job because I wanted to be like a good mom for her and like, you know, be there for her. So it was like, she was my inspiration. And that's kind of how I came up with F-bombs and booze was because I still wanted two B's in the name. And so, um, I just got, came up with that name. I want to say two years ago is when I rebranded to that. And so I got the bombs and the booze has the two. So there's my two B's and it goes in line with like the F bombs were the, the products that were selling the best and you can drink your booze out of it. So 
that's how I got the final name that I'm at currently. Okay. I want to still go back to the early days because I love this part, but I want to talk about, I want to talk about the current days too, because I love your product. I literally, um, this is on video. So I have Nicole's cup here that I am obsessed with. I drink out of it um, almost every day, unless it's, unless it's just not dirty or something. Um, when I actually wash my coffee cups. <laughs> no judgment. <laughs> I like totally just rinse them out and then I'm like, okay, another iced coffee for today. Um, okay. So you launched your Etsy store and you were selling like random, I think you said like mermaid things and a teacher vase. Like were you were you hand making things? Yes, I was hand making so, everything. So like walk us through a couple of products. Like I want to literally hear like what kind of mermaid shirt and like who are you trying to target? Were oh my you, gosh. How are you doing the designs? Like, let's, let's hear all those kind of like small details. Cause it's so I, interesting to look at that and then look at where you are now being in all these right. stores, having a brand that people really love. Now you're doing coaching. Like that's a massive transformation, but it's so important for people to understand that when you launch a store, it does not dictate where you will be in one year, two years, three now, three years, like get the fuck started, get started, put something out there, figure out what people like, and then you can pivot. Like that's what we all do. And it sounds easier when I say that out loud than actually doing it. Absolutely. Your story is a perfect example of like, that's exactly what you did. So let's hear about your first few products. Like what kind of, yeah. Like what were you doing? (laughs) Okay. So the mermaid (laughs) one. I don't even remember what it said, but it had like three different pastel um, fonts. So like I was doing like cutting a diff for the three different kinds of vinyl to get the colors. Oh my God. I know. And I was making it for in children's sizes all the way to women's sizes. And then I also had like uni- when unicorns were like really freaking blew up. Um, it's like the unicorn heads with the personalized name. And I would sell like mom or and and like the kids names birthday parties and stuff and then I had like teachers vases that had like the apple and like <laughs> like and it was sliced out in the middle and it said like the teacher's name with you know, like <laughs> and then like I don't know random coffee cup that says you've got this or like it was like I'm telling you it was a hot mess I'm pretty <laughs> sure I have old pictures on my current Instagram from those days like it it's bad. Oh I look back and I'm like, oh, what the? <laughs> I'm going to go and I need but, to go and find those now. I'm going to like scroll through your entire Instagram. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I use like my backdrops for pictures. I mean, I still suck at pictures, which is why I hired Christy, who was just on your podcast too. She's going to help me revamp my pictures because oh. I've thrown in the towel. I can't, I just can't. I love Christy. <laughs> She's so good. So talented. Oh, that's awesome. I love yeah. It. So then I like my first years was like the the whitewashed wood, you know, when that was popular, oh, like rolled, I and you can tell that it was like rolled. It wasn't even like whitewashed wood. <laughs> it was just, it was terrible, but <laughs> I still was make. I was making sales. <laughs> like it's, it got me going. Yeah. Um, and so and I guess how, how did people were, was it, were you marketing your product or people were just finding you via Etsy? Cause I know people, Etsy marketplace people just find your shit if you list it correctly yeah um Um, I got mostly through Etsy and I it was from the beginning Etsy's just organic algorithm and then I started a Facebook page 
And then I started doing pop-ups with my hot mess stuff. And <laughs> then, <laughs> then I started an Instagram. Okay. <laughs> and what was your, like in your, let's say your first year, like what was your best selling product? Do you remember? Um, my best selling product was, um, the best fucking with the red heart cousin wine glass. My first holiday season on Etsy. Yeah. That, and I only made that because a friend asked me to make it for her. And then I fucking cousin. Yeah. With the heart of the heart instead of a U. Um, she asked me that she ordered one for me and I put that on my Etsy and that I was selling like during the holidays, like 10 to 15 a day. What? Like the Christmas rush. And I was like, oh Oh my God. (laughs) Wow. That's so interesting. That's what I was like. Okay. That's weird. But I'm I'm here for it. Like I love the F word. So yeah. Um, Wow. But what I was thinking about earlier too, before we got on the call was how like, this is kind of like a sidebar, but you know, people always want to have their businesses to take off like that, like that, like that, especially like their product-based businesses too. And it's like, well, when you get that, when you do, if something goes viral or something is popular and you're not prepared, like, how are you going to, and that's what happened my first holiday season. It was like, holy shit. I was getting up at 3am in the morning because my daughter was like one and a half at that time working. My, I was fortunate where I had one of my really good friends volunteered and she came to my house at three in the morning for free to help me get, and she would weed the vinyl for me to help me push these orders out because I wasn't prepared. I didn't know, you know, I had never done a holiday season on Etsy. I didn't know that. And like, you know, Mm -hmm. that would be so popular. So when that's when I started making best fucking mom, best fucking auntie, best fucking aunt, like all of that. I took that one design and put it and switched the titles. So all that they could customize was the color of the heart. And so the next year and for Mother's Day, I pre-cut all that vinyl when it was slow. So when the holidays hit, um, it was already done. I just had to put it to the glass and ship it out. And did you get a lot of the, um, for Mother's Day, did you get a lot of the like best fucking mom? Yeah, that one's still to this day. When Mother's Day comes around, that one's still is a good one. Yeah. Oh, wow. and I love that you <laughs> thought ahead and you're like, okay, how can I prep for the busy season by getting materials early, cutting them and all that? Cause that does obviously save a huge amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. And you like saw that a product was working. And so instead of being like, oh, cool, that's a cool product. But you know, cause I see a lot of people, they don't even acknowledge that their product is a bestseller. They just kind of say, oh, okay, I sold this one thing, but now let me make this other random thing. Instead of being like, oh, okay, the best fucking cousin is doing well, so let me make more of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, super smart. And again, not a lot of people will put two and two together and do that. So I think that's that's pretty cool. And is that really when you uh, – so when that was your first year in business, Right. Right. Okay. Is that, and then, so after the first year, so you sort of started to probably see some trends with like, people are liking these products with the swears on them. Is that sort of when you started to kind of, cause I know you said you didn't officially change your brand name until two years ago. Right. So how, yeah. Like let's hear more about the early days. Like okay. how did that look for you? Um, so then I started making a little bit more, um, I guess edgy things with more profanity and stuff. And 
So I, things were just going okay. Like, you know, I was getting a decent sales. I was still on just Etsy and doing social media, but like, uh, you know, I wasn't growing fast enough. I wasn't growing fast enough and I'm not making enough money. And I've already gone through like savings to help us like get by from, you know, what my, my career was before. So then in 2019, so just about two years after I was like, okay, this isn't really working. I think I need to go get a part-time job. So I told my fiance, I'm just going to get a part-time job because I want, I, you know, I feel we need to bring more money in. I feel like I need to bring more money in, especially because I was the one who provided almost everything before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was going on job interviews. And then a couple of weeks after doing, going on interviews and stuff, I came home and I was like, what the hell am I doing? Like, I've already done, got to this far. If I take more time away, my limited time I already have away from my business, I'm just going to lose traction and it's going to take me even longer. So I told my fiance then I was like, I'm just, I, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to make this business work. And he was like, I know. He's like, I was just waiting for you to figure that out. Like, I know. And so I, that's when I started diving into mindset. I went on this tear of working on my mindset because I know that if you have a strong mindset, then you're going to be willing and able to just push through all of the, the highs and the lows and the craziness of building your, your business. And so I somehow found um, James Wedmore, Mind Your Business podcast, and I binged the heck out of that. And it brought me to like a Catherine Zakina manifestation. So it got me into like this woo-woo stuff as well. And so I started reading, reading a ton of books. I made it a a priority to start reading every day. Um, And that year, I think I read like 30 books or something. It was just like, I went on a tear. And so now I know that for me to keep going and what helps me keep, you know, right out the hard times is focusing on my mindset and not, not doing something every day to yes, nurture yes. that. Because if, if I don't, I can see, like, start to see the decline mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't want to do that, especially at this point. Like now I'm like, I'm six years in, like, there's no way I'm going backwards. I'm just going to keep going forward. And so I make it the mindset and focusing on that a top priority. Oh my God. I love that so much. All right. I'm making a note to come back to the mindset stuff because I could not agree with you more. And I, I've started to talk more about this on my Instagram, on my stories and how important mindset is. And like just some shifts I've made in my personal life to, um, just like things I made in my personal life that actually affect my business. And it's a lot of it is mindset. (laughs) And a lot of it is like, things that you can do to take care of yourself that help your mindset, but, and then your business will do better because you're doing better. But exactly. I want to come back to that. Cause I think that is such, it's so freaking important. Um, but I want to just come back to your business a little bit. So like you're in the middle of your business, you've then taken, you've gone in interviews. You said, Oh my God, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> like, what am I doing? Okay, never mind. Like, get back on track. So this was now 2019. So is this when you decided to sort of revamp your brand into F bombs and booze? And can you kind of talk us through how did you do that? How did you come up with the name? And like, when did you decide to focus on the sweary and like sassy stuff? I think really sh- um a few months after I started focusing on focusing on my mindset, I was like, okay. 
um, I started learning about like having the scarcity mindset and I'm like, here I am um, selling all these custom products that I hate doing because I hate custom and the back and forth um, with like, can you change the font? Can you do this? Can you do that? But I felt I had the mindset of like, well, if I don't have it there, then I'm not going to make as much money. So I finally ditched all those listings, got rid of them, um, decided I didn't want to even make shirts anymore. So all I had was just drinkware. Um, and I did keep those, that vase because that vase was a hot <laughs> seller. So I had like this random teacher waste, which I finally gone out of my shop, but <laughs> I, I held tight on that one for a long time. And so, um, and then I invested into my first course. Okay. And so that course, I think really, that's what busted everything wide open for me. Um, okay. Um, and because that course taught me that I could, there was more than one way you can grow your business. Like you think like you do your Etsy and you have your website, if you even know about Etsy and then you're like, okay, well then now what? But there's so many other ways you can do flash sale sites. If you want, you can do wholesale. That's where I learned about wholesale. And so, um, I want to say late 2019, maybe early 2020. I'm not entirely sure, but that's when I rebranded because I was like, all I have is drinkware now. This is inspired by BB name is just ridiculous. I mean, I love my kids to death, obviously, but like that doesn't translate into my product. Mm-hmm. Um, and I switched my branding colors, which I'm about to tweak them a little bit more and add some more into it. But I picked what is strong branding for the big businesses, which is like Coke is red, white, and black. And like this, the big grocery chain I worked for was red and white. So I, my brand colors are red, white, and black. Okay. Um, That's how I came up with the brand colors. And then the name I sat for a long time, literally on my couch, like, okay, what am I going to change this to? And then I wanted the bees and it just came to me. Oh, at wow. bombs and booze just sitting on my couch I had a, my, a friend who was there and she's like what about this what about that and so I was like no 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 and then it just it hit me and I was like all right that's what we're going with um and so I switched the name I wanted um I have the heart because my best self sweary um item was the best fucking cousin with the red heart so that's okay. why I have the art the red heart instead of the o oh, um okay my logo I love that. <laughs> That's such a, you have like so many awesome little like stories and cool little things. Oh, so cool. Um, okay. And okay. So you, so you rebranded and then what did you, when did you start your own website? Like any of that stuff? I started my website shortly after I rebranded. So probably in 2020, Mm-hmm. Um, and then I decided that I knew wholesale would just could do a whole lot for my business, but I didn't want to wholesale items with vinyl because vinyl over time can lift if people don't manage it carefully mm-hmm. or package it carefully. If like the, the sellers were to re, you know, re, obviously the retailers reship it, it could, li- I don't know. I just had this thing with vinyl. So I learned um, a new process called sublimation. Mm-hmm. And so you're just basically print the design and you can press it onto the product okay. and then you ship it. And so that cuts labor down. I can make those really fast um, and it's permanent. And that's what your pro- your Tumblr, it's sublimation. Like it's mm-hmm. pressed onto the glass. Um, and that's when I decided to um, open venture into the wholesale side. And then 
the first, my first full year of wholesale, I did um, around $20,000 in sales. And so that, yeah, that was something where I was like, all right, this is working for me. (laughs) So I'm, so now it's like um, trying to find that perfect balance of like, do I want to focus on retail or do I want to focus on wholesale? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's the new new juggle. (laughs) I love it. And so I feel like I just have like 500 questions buzzing through my brain. Um, but I just love your whole, like you started one way you sort of experimented and there's nothing wrong with trying like the mermaid thing or the teacher vase or like you just, (laughs) that's what it's all about. I mean, no one freaking starts a business out of the gate and says, okay, I know exactly who my ideal customer is. I know exactly what I want to sell. I know everything there is to know. And then they're still in the same position five years later. Like, I don't, maybe, you know, someone I've never heard of that before. (laughs) That's not how anything works. Like you start a business and then you figure shit out. Um, Yeah. So I just love your story. I think it's so interesting. Okay. I'm trying to think of what question I want to ask you. Cause I just, I literally have so many. So you started selling on your own website. You're selling wholesale. You're doing Etsy. Um, Where... And you're still hand making the products. Right. Yeah. I'm okay. still hand making them. Um, I have people who will weed vinyl for me or um come and make when I'm if I get backed up. But I have a really good um um system, like mm-hmm. I'm all for batch working, and so I can get a lot of um stuff done on my own still. Um I'm probably going to hire someone more permanently here in the next few months especially as I start leaning more into some more coaching just to help maintain that side of things. But yeah, I'm still at the point where I'm at my house in my garage. Still, I want to do that until like, I really can't do it anymore. Um, And before I relocate, you know, outside of the home, because I'm here with my kid a lot and I can just bounce back and forth with her. um, And it's easy to do it here also, as opposed to being in another location. Yeah. I love it. I was, I mean, that's what I did. I was, I started my business in my house in California when I lived in California and then we moved to Seattle and we lived in a townhouse and my bottom floor of the townhouse and the garage were like my dapper dog box, like warehouse. And the business really grew when, when we lived in Seattle. So what started off like in that little spare room on the townhouse grew into taking over the garage. We had to sell my husband's car because we needed more space. (laughs) And then by the time I sold the business, I will never forget the, um, I, it was like packed floor to ceiling with inventory and boxes and product everywhere. It was, it's so crazy to think like you start something with this little idea that pops into your head and then it just grows and grows and literally grows and grows and grows. (laughs) And then you have to move out of your garage and into like a warehouse or something. It's just, it's such a cool process. And I think oftentimes we don't give ourselves credit for, for that. Yes. Agreed. Like I talk about this all the time. 99.9% of people do not have the guts to do what you're doing, you know, they would have never fucking quit that job. Never. They would have said, I want to play it safe because they don't have the imagination. And I don't mean this in a rude way. I literally just mean, I think we are programmed. Oh, for sure. You think, oh, you have to work a nine to five. 
Yes. You don't, you don't, you don't get rid of security, especially financial security because you're unhappy. Like that's not how we were, we are conditioned. Like my, um, I shocked everybody shocked every- yeah. to this day when uh, my fiance tells people like the story, they're like, you just, and you just like, were like, okay with her walking away from over hundred K. And he was like, yeah, the writing was on the wall. Mm-hmm. We were not going to be together anymore. Our daughter was going to have a horrible, like mean, impatient mom. Like it was on the wall. So we had to like, something had to be done. And so yeah. I gave her the okay, basically. And that's really what I needed. I, okay. uh, to be honest, I wanted to leave this, career for a long time um I just never had the guts and I had never had a big enough why I guess and my big enough why is like I don't I'm not a person who's ever struggled with any kind of mental health luckily for me I'm very fortunate I don't I don't never really dealt with depression except for in that moment in that situation and my exact and anxiety I don't really think I have a lot of it if at all mm-hmm. so I knew that that it was that was just how I'm going to either have to live or I have to, to, there was no other option basically. And sometimes you just get in those situations where you just, you have no choice, but to be forced to do it. And in hindsight, I'm very thankful I was sent to that store because I wanted to quit for so long and I wouldn't do it. And that is what forced me to finally do it. Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. I just love it so much because yeah, most people just wouldn't do that. And then I want to like start this Etsy store and I want to make products and people just, I don't know. It's an interesting thing how we just are very programmed to think a certain way. And we have a hard time thinking outside the box, you know, and I think we're all, like you said, we're we're conditioned to think of like worst case scenarios instead of best case scenarios. And so people just like, if I quit my job and nothing happens or I don't find anything, it's just worst case. So they live in this, you know, the cycle of fear. And so they stay stuck where they are because it's too scary to go into the unknown. And it is scary to go into the unknown, um, which is also why it's important to work on your mindset, because that is what's going to help you walk into the unknown and move into things that scare the shit out of you and all of those things. Yes. All right. Let's go back to mindset. I want to, cause I have a note to talk about that. I literally have, I'm going to show you like now two pages of like little <laughs> points that I'm going to refer to when I make, when I have my new VA who I just hired, thank God, um, yeah. my little podcast video clips, but literally I have like seven, I have like 11 different little clips that we can go from. So I knew I was going to love this episode. Uh, (laughs) Let's talk about mindset because mindset is so freaking important. I have learned over, you know, six, six and a half years of now starting my own business. Mindset is like literally the one thing that will make or break your business. It's not about like, it's, it's, I literally feel like there is nothing else. We can all figure out how to do things. We can hire coaches. We can buy courses. Like you talked about the course that you bought that helped change your business. I bought a course when I sold my product-based business to help me do what I'm doing today. Like how to create online courses. I bought a course and that $2,000 course I bought changed my entire life. You know, yes. I had no idea how to do a course. And I was like, well, I'm not going to sit around and Google it all day. I'm going to learn from someone who knows what they're doing. Exactly. So we have to do those those things too, but mindset is like number one. So t- like talk about your journey with mindset because you talked about uh, listening to James Wedmore. I have not actually listened to his podcast. I know who he is, but I haven't listened to his podcast. Is it good by the way? 
I haven't listened to it in years because I've just found so many other podcasts too. Like, um, okay. and, re- and I stopped because he was more service side and I was a product based side. So like mm-hmm. any of the business stuff, a lot of it didn't resonate with me, but yeah. I'm, he was the one that, that taught me all about mindset and the importance of it. What was like, cause I think mindset people just completely dis and I keep, I'm using a lot of generalizations here. Like, yeah. You know, you guys know what I mean. I think when I say people, I mean like most people, myself included. Um, my mindset when I had my product-based business was incredibly terrible. I am like a completely different person today than I used to be. My mindset was horrific, which is why now I'm so aware of how much your mindset can make or break your business. Talk about like that journey of you discovering that mindset actually helps you and just maybe some of the things that you learned while you were listening to that first James Wedmore podcast. Um, so with him, I learned about like the scarcity mindset and how a lot of people won't like he, he is one of the people who are like, you know, people ask me all the time, when should I hire you hire now, but I can't afford to hire. Well, you can't afford not to hire because the job that you are going to give out to someone else, you're going to be what, wanting to make whatever you want to pay yourself. You want to pay yourself hundred dollars an hour. You're going to do a job that you can pay someone $20 an hour, $15 an hour to do that you're doing. Like mm-hmm. that's taking time away from you. So that's when I started thinking about having people weed stuff for me or prep things for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, oh gosh, just, just being able to focus on it. And like the bigger, like he's also like talks about like the universe stuff and like manifesting and believing and just doing it, even if you're scared and all of that, that type of things. And so then I started reading like, um, think and grow rich. And, um, I started reading like Abraham Hicks book, which is really woo woo stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and they talk about just like, um, letting go of the outcome and the how, and just believing that you will. And so I just learned how to adapt this mindset that I don't know how anything's going to happen. I don't know how I'm going to be successful, but all I know is that I will never fail as long as I do not give up. I just cannot give up. That's the bottom line. That's the only thing. Um, and I think having that mindset of believing, I just can't give up. I can pivot. I can change things. Like at one point in my business, I was creating backdrops with paper. I was making paper flower backdrops by hand. And like, I was going to rent those out. I quickly learned, I didn't like that shit. And it's okay. Like, let's get rid of that. And do like, I've like run the gamut with a bunch of stuff. I have like a kid's clothing business. I started to, like it. Uh, yeah. I'm a, I'm it. a hot mess over here. No. <laughs> so, oh my God. I love it. I think if you can adapt the mindset of, um, just, I will never going to give up. I'm just going to keep trying. You will always be successful. And then two years ago, I don't even know where I heard this, but I, this is like an affirmation that I've been saying for two years. And it's, I am uncomfortable being uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because two years ago, I would not be sitting in this chair talking to you. There's no fucking way I would be doing a podcast interview. No way. I don't do public speaking. I don't like to show my face. Two years ago is when I started finally showing my face on video pictures on Instagram and um, social media, which helped a lot, but that I had to get the mindset to get there, get me there. Um, So yeah, I think mindset, find, 
uh, Manifestation Babe or James Med- Wedmore or Dreams of Plans podcast. Renee is doing all of the spiritual woo-woo stuff and that is connected into your mindset. Like if mm-hmm. you don't have a good mindset, start diving into mindset stuff. There's a really good book um, called Believe It by, I think her name is Jamie Kern. Oh, okay. Her story, phenomenal. Read that. If you want to do podcasts, um, you can listen to, like we talked about how I built this. That'll help for product-based businesses with your mindset because you can relate to other people. But mindset, mindset, mindset is what is going to get you to the next step because it's going to give you the confidence to step into the uncomfortable situations that you need to step into to help you grow because on the other side of your comfort zone is growth and money waiting for you. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. I have not listened to manifestation, babe. I definitely know about her. I think I was a little bit close-minded about that. Yeah. You know, I listened to her. This was a couple of years ago when I was really listening to her, but now I go to like, I'm, I feel more connected to like the smaller people, like not necessarily the ones that are like, cause she's like blown up and like super big and she's still like, like down to earth and stuff. But I feel like I can relate more to like people who seem like closer to my level, if that makes sense. And they're still putting themselves out there and still, they're still sharing their tips and stuff. Cause I don't know. I just feel like it's more relatable for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to, um, if you rec, if you, yeah. Who do you recommend? Cause I'll, I actually should. I just found this new person. I I am going to say again, Renee from dreams to plans. Um, because like, I've been like, yeah, she's, she's been killing it with the woo woos, um, right now. And then I just started listening to this new, um, podcast, the no bullshit manifestation show. Yeah. I want to listen to some of these. Um, I'm not like, a, I don't mean that I'm, I'm against it. I think I used to be way more close-minded, but, but I'm not anymore at all. I definitely am getting more into this kind of stuff because I, because yeah. I, I just believe it now. Like I, I literally feel like if you tell yourself every single day or, okay, here's like another example. And I, I really tried to get my, um, in my new membership, I just launched e-commerce society, um, shameless plug, um, (laughs) my new members, I'm like, you have to share your wins. I want to fucking hear one good thing that happened this week. And I don't care if it is like, I posted on Instagram every day, or Mm -hmm. I got into 10 new retail stores. I literally don't care which of those you share, but I want you to take a minute out of your day and I want you to think about one thing that you did that you're proud of, that you think is good in your business, because the more you recognize those wins, the more you become more positive about your business. Like, oh, wait, I actually did do something right this week. Instead yeah. of being like, oh my gosh, Susan is killing it on Instagram and her yeah. shop, she's making way more money than I am. Or Susan got in a podcast and I didn't, or like, we focus so much of, and myself included, I, I'm very aware of these things now. And I know if I start comparing myself, I have to like, I literally will stop and like, I will close my Instagram or I will close my phone and I'll go do something else. I'll go for a walk. I'll do something that like snaps my brain out of it. But the old me would have sat there and scrolled and scrolled and would have been like, 
oh my God, my business is terrible. I, I suck. Like no, nothing good's happening to me. So my point here is like, when you recognize those positive things in your business, your mindset changes. So I absolutely, really, really, I'm super intentional now about making people like, I literally want you to post in this group in front of all these people, one good thing that happened to you this week. So I love that because that's something I struggled with too. And, um, someone suggested writing down every day or reflecting back on the week of all your wins. And so I, um, I used to do this. I don't do it anymore because I don't need it as much because I've strengthened my mindset, but I created a Trello board and I would put down every, just on my phone. So, and I put down my wins and then you can look back and you have like this long list of shit that you did. And you're like, holy fuck, I did all of that in just the past month or the past two months or the whole week, one year, whatever. And that when seeing it written down, like the little stuff, like I got a new sale, I got my biggest sale in one, one order ever. Like those things, if you look back, those will be like, okay, yeah, I'm a badass bitch. I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. I, I can do this and keep going. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. That's such a good idea too. I, um, I may need to tell people to do that. I mean, I definitely tell people to write, to celebrate your wins, write, write them down, but I like the, cause Trello is like the visual little charts. Yeah. I like that visual thing, but even if you don't want to get Trello, you can like literally open up a note. Nope, your notes app. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I, but I, I had to start, um, so when I sold my business in 2019, I sold my uh, business at Apper Dog Box. My mindset was really bad when I had that business. I was working 24 seven. I had no great systems and I'm very honest about my business and like what worked, what didn't work. Um, I never want to sugarcoat things and be like, Oh, my business was, per- I was perfect. My business was perfect. Like I was a freaking disaster, which has helped me. To- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Same here. Helped me to be less of a disaster today, but I still am a disaster in my own other ways, you know, but it also helps you know that if you have disaster <laughs> moments or days, you're like, I was like, this is nothing compared to where I was. I've come leaps and bounds to when I, you know, first started when I was, well, to ours and even to us. Yeah. We were disaster, but on the outside, people were not seeing what we were doing as being a disaster, but it's because we've grown Yeah, and we look back, we can see like, those were probably not the smartest moves to make, but they're the things that have moved us forward. And without those things, we probably wouldn't be where we are and we would probably be elsewhere. So it was just meant to like fall that way. Hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I think you have to go through those like challenging moments to, you know, to like see how you can improve yourself. So, and what do you do today to kind of, um, cause I know you said, Oh, I don't make the list anymore. Cause I don't need it. What do yeah. you do? Like, cause I know we all have bad days. I had a really bad day. Um, I think it was on Friday. It was, I was PMSing not to be TMI, but And I can tell, I can, my shift in my mindset, I will have a day where I feel so, it's like my whole world is, is crumbling. I get Mm -hmm. very depressed. I cry up pretty much all day. I get emotional about everything. And it always happens right before the time of the month. Um, It's like you go from like normal and then all of a sudden you just like plummet. And that was my day on Friday, last Friday. I had such a terrible day. Um, but let's just pretend like it wasn't because I was PMSing. Um, what would you like, what would you recommend to people if they're having a bad day where they are? I don't even know why I shared that story. Like that was way too much. Information. 
but it, no, but it's like, that's, learning. that's like a normal, <laughs> I think that's a normal uh, <laughs> thing for women. Um, so yeah, there's gonna be a lot of people that are like, yes, Carrie, that happens to me oh too. Gosh. But like, what do you <laughs> recommend people for people? Cause you've done a lot of mindset work, which I think is amazing. Like you're just amazing. Um, oh, what do you recommend people start doing if they're in this cycle of, comparing themselves to other people all the time, which I know most of us do comparing, just feeling like you're not feeling positive about your business. Even if your business isn't where you want to be, um, you're just feeling like my business isn't working. I'm not good enough. Like, what do you recommend people sort of start to do? Okay. So if you are like on social media and whatever, and you're feeling like I'm not good enough, like you're playing the comparison game, follow, unfollow those people who make you feel like crap. Mm-hmm. just unfollow him um yeah. if, or don't go on social media but if come on it's social media we're all gonna we just can't help it we do it so unfollow those people that make you feel like shit also another thing that i suggest is on the days when you're feeling like really high energetic and you're excited about everything um create a playlist of your favorite songs the songs that get you going the songs that can pull you out of bad places mm-hmm. your go-to list and as soon as you start feeling bad and you can't you don't have the time to like sit in that put your playlist on get up move your body um and dance around and start singing and that will give you like an instant jolt to like lift you back up and if you were just like feeling like down like that happens to me where I'm just like okay I'm a Gemini and I'm a manifesting generator so I like try to do all these things and I go 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 and then I kind of crash and I crash and I'm like, I don't want to do anything. I'm not doing as great as I want to be doing. And I give myself the space to just feel that and take a day or two to just chill, push it all like my business and stuff. Unless I have like a deadline to get an order. I get those like the bare, I I call them bare minimum days. I do the bare minimum that I have to do. Mm -hmm. And I let myself just rest because I have learned for me, if I try and push, push, push through those, then it's just, it just snowballs and gets worse. And then I'm out longer. So give yourself grace and the permission to just chill. Sit outside in the sun. I like to ground. I put my bare feet into the ground, into the sun, and I just chill. Like you have to give yourself permission to to take care of you. That's what you're doing in that moment when you feel like you're not good enough and you feel like shit is. You're giving yourself permission to take care of you. Yeah, I love that. Um I think that's such an important thing too, because when you are having a bad day, I think most of us just think we need to just like keep, keep pushing. Yeah. And I do the same thing. It's, I still like, I used to all the time, just like, no, I have to do this because then it's going to, if I take two days rest, I'm going to be two days behind and I could miss this and I could miss that. And then it turns like, I don't want to work. I don't want to do anything for like a week or two weeks. Mm Mm-hmm. So now I've just learned like, okay, this is like my sign to just chill, yeah. go for my walk, play my music, lay in bed if I, you know, need to, like whatever it is and just give myself the space to do that and know that everything will be waiting. It's not going to all crumble. Like it'll be okay. I know. It's so funny when we, we really get in those moments of like, oh my God, my business is going to crumble if I don't do something for three days. And then it it doesn't, you know? Yeah, it doesn't. Do you, um, cause I don't know if it was your stories. I think, do you do like weight training or strength training or weight lifting? Yeah. Okay. I feel like I saw it on your stories. How, so do you like, 
do you feel like exercise has helped your mindset and, and self-care and all that kind of stuff? Absolutely. Um, so we started and it'll be two and during like September, 2020, my friend was like, okay, like who wants to work out? Let's work out in my garage. And so I've been working out with her for, it'll be two years in September, Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays, we go there and we do strength training for an hour. Um, and on the the times where I've missed, Mm -hmm. if I miss consecutively, I've noticed a shift in every, like my mood, my energy, everything there. I like to do that because I'm with other women. I can bitch and moan. I can get any anger or frustrations out by, you know, weightlifting and working out. And I think that that has made a big difference overall in everything because it helps how you feel. It helps how you sleep. I sleep better. So I'm less tired and then um, I can just, you know, feel better overall. And it helps me keep going with my business. So I think that you don't have to go that extreme, but just go for a walk, going for like a 10 minute walk five minute walk can make such a big difference. Um, yes, I agree with you. And I, so one thing that, one thing that I started doing this past year, just a year ago, I was in a mastermind group, this mastermind, kind of like mastermind coaching program, um, a year ago. And the, on the first call I had with the coach, he was like, um, just, talking through the business, like, you know, what, what, what are you looking to do? What are your goals? And he was like, what do you like to do for fun in your spare time? And I was just, I was like very caught off guard. Like, Oh, um, I don't know. Let me think. I have to think about this actually, which that's really sad when you can't think of things that you like to do in your personal life. However, I think a lot of us, um, you know, as entrepreneurs, like we, you get very caught up in your business. It's like your business is your life. And I have a really hard time when people are like, oh, like someone like, um, I don't know. And this sounds, I don't mean this in a rude way, but someone like, I feel like if you, and I don't even really follow her anymore, but like Jenna Kutcher. Oh yeah. She'll be like, <laughs> oh, family, family's first, like family comes first. And it's like the pe- only the people that can say that shit are the people that have had their business for a long time and have, and they've had their business success before they started having kids. family. Yes. So I had a, I, I, I don't even That's know. That's so funny. That. Cause I she was a, one of the first podcasts I listened to like my yeah. first year of listening. And I'm like, okay, I'm a good, I mean, but I yeah, like, I like her. And I don't, <laughs> I actually rarely, even though I have a podcast, I'm very selective about podcasts. I listen to, and I only listen yeah. to like a couple Pat Flynn, uh, smart passive income is my number one. And it's like my dream in life to be in his podcast. So I'm manifesting this right now by telling this on my podcast. Yes. Yep. You got to put it out there. Pat Flynn. I love you. But I have a hard time with people who are like, Oh, family first. Like, yeah. and I don't mean that in a rude way. I think obviously, yes, your family should come first. But when you're preaching that to people who have a new business and they haven't had the level of success that you've had. And I think it's, I don't know. It can be a little bit harmful. I don't know if that. I agree with you because it just makes it like another added pressure of like, I'm trying, I'm struggling to build this business. It's not going as fast as I want to. And I'm not putting my family first. I just suck all around. Yes. That's exactly. (laughs) Cause it even, it like triggers me sometimes. I'm like, well, I'm a fucking bad mom. You know, I'm my business always like, you know, yeah. 
anyway, I just, I struggle with that sometimes. I don't even know why I started talking about this. Okay. So the business coach asked me, what do you do for fun? And I was like, Oh, I don't know. Let me think about this. Um, and I said, Oh, um, I love going to the movies by myself, literally by myself. Um, but the first thing I said was, um, I love walking my dogs. I was like, I love my, I love doing dog walks. I love my dogs. Um, and I said, when I, And before he even responded to my question, I started to say, when I do my dog walks, I actually like it really clears my mind. And it's when I get my best ideas. And I was like, oh my God, I didn't even put the two and two together until I just said that out loud to you. And he was just like, okay, stop right there. How many times, like how often do you do your dog walk? And I was like, um, I try to do every day, but like, eh, I don't know, like most days I would say he's like, okay, literally grab your phone, grab your calendar. You are scheduling your dog walk into your calendar. It's part of your job. It's part of your business now. Like it's not, if you have time, it is like, that's a priority of your business. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. Doing more things that get you better ideas and make you feel better physically and mentally. Why would you not do more of that? I never put the two and two together. This was (laughs) This was just one year ago. You know what I mean? And so dog walks, literally, I, I skip some days, but like for the most part, every single day and it's in the morning and it, I think of it as like my therapy now. Absolutely. And I think like when, after I work out, when I have to go take my shower after I work out, that's where I get my ideas. And I don't know if it's because I'm in the shower and relaxing or if it's because I just did all this working out or if it's like a combination of the two. But yeah. that's usually when it hits or very early in the morning when my kid is still sleeping and I'm like just drinking my coffee. Yeah, That's where I get some stuff too. Like those are my important things that I like. Those are my hobbies. Uh, drinking coffee alone uh, because I have a kid and a business and my business is it's I enjoy my business and I love doing it. So that's so I, yeah. it's my hobby too. Like if I have free time and I'm like, what do I want to do right now? Oh, I know. I want to work on this on my business. Like, yeah, that's what I like to do. That's my hobby, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I hear <laughs> you. I mean, I really don't have hobbies either. <laughs> no, I, I know what you mean though. It's, and that's what I mean. Like, I think again, like my former business coach was kind of the same thing. Like, you know, only work one hour. I mean, he didn't say this, but like, kind of your family needs to come. Okay. I feel like I need to get over this family first thing, but (laughs) I agree agree with it. However, I think only people that can say that are people that have had a business for probably a long time and have had a successful business before they had kids or can, or which can have extra help too. Yeah. And like, in which case then yes, like you can outsource because your business is already working for you. But if your business is like new or struggling, you know, and you're not focusing on your business, then how is it supposed to work? You know, how does it grow? And I'm not saying, I I feel like what I'm saying is coming out the wrong way. I don't mean that. It's not No. Yeah. First, but I, I don't know. I feel like I need to move on from this topic. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean though? I completely agree with you. I get it. Like you're not going to, there's no, um, there's no balance. Your business is going to be on fire and your family life is going to suffer a bit, or your family life is going to be on fire and your business life is going to suffer a bit, especially as a mom. That's just, I'm sorry, but there's no way to have it all going amazingly all the time. 
sometimes it can go both sides are like we're fired up on everything's like going and but it's just you at least in my experience I can't maintain both things going like on fire so it's gonna gonna give somewhere and that's okay that's yeah. just how it is and that's part of like the journey and part of like what makes it interesting and keeps you going too yeah I think the this whole balance I, I mean I have not found balance at all I definitely and working towards having better balance. And the only way to have balance is you have to have a team. Like you, you can't do everything on your own. Exactly. You have um, one person on my team who is like my right-hand person. And the reason that, that I can sit here and do podcast episodes on a Friday. And like, if I don't feel like working the rest of the day, I don't probably need to, unless I have like a, a launch coming up or, you know, like you said, there's specific things that you have coming up that you have to do, but like, for the most part, if I'm like, I don't really feel like working today, I don't really have to, you know, but you can't yeah. get there until you start building a team that you can rely on. And that team building and all that is how you can eventually have better balance. But I haven't found, I don't, I'm not, I don't have balance. I'm trying, but it's not easy at all. So I think if you're also struggling to like, be a good mom and have a business. It's not easy. And anyone who makes it seem super easy probably has had their business for a long time. And now they're at the point where they can afford to outsource higher, like 90% of the work, you know, or they have also a different definition of what balance is. We all have mm -hmm. a different definition of what we feel like balance is. So if someone feels like they're balanced and you're not, that's okay. They may not have the same exact you know, scripts of what balances that you have. Yeah. And that's like, we're, we're all just all so different. There's no way that we can just be like, um, we shouldn't, it's hard not to do it. We should not be comparing ourselves because we just have too many different yeah. ultra unique things about ourselves and about our own individual lives to define what balances to us or what success is to us. Yeah. And that is why, like going back to what we've been talking about, like the mindset is so important is because you have to learn what is, what do you think for you is success? What do you think for you is balance? It's not yeah. like, you know, anybody else, but what is it that you believe that you, and it can, it's okay to look different than someone else's success and their idea of balance. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that so much. Um, Cause I think for me, it used to definitely be more like monetary wise with success. Me too. And it is, but like also for me now, freedom, flexibility. Yes. My time has now become number one. Yeah, because you can't get that back. You can always make more money. Mm -hmm. but you cannot always get more time. And I, I agree. I for me, it was like I want to make this much money. I want to make this much money. And th and then it's like, well. I've already made a whole bunch of money before and it was not something that made me happy because I didn't have about what I considered balance in my life. Yeah. Um, so I value more like time, obviously financial freedom for sure. Time yeah. freedom, the ability to like be able to take my kids somewhere when like, okay, let's just go. Like yeah. I don't have any, I don't have to go to work. I don't have to like, I've already done what I have to do. So if I need to like give you some extra attention today, Let's do it type thing. I, uh, I love that. All right. Let's wrap it up because we've been talking for a really long time. Um, <laughs> I love this conversation so much. I can't wait for this episode to come out, but I just want to, um, I just want to finish off with just, can you talk a little bit about like where so we talked about all the early days, 
your rebrand, the middle of your business, maybe like really quickly, where, what does your business look like today? Like, I know you talked about the stores that you're in, but what are you focusing on in your business in terms of like sales channels? So are you focusing okay. on your own website? Are you focusing more on getting into more um, re- uh, whole, like wholesale accounts? Cause I feel like wholesale for you makes so much sense. Cause yeah. So I selling your product, like I can just see your cups in all sorts of boutiques. So yeah. Talk about like where your business is today. So I'm currently, um, focusing on working on traffic to my website. So, um, I recently hired a Pinterest manager to help with the Pinterest side of getting traffic in. I started writing after listening to you and to someone else. I try to do at least one blog, at least, you know, every couple of weeks to help with getting traffic to my site. Um, good. I am in the process of building my wholesale, um, a website just for my wholesale. Cause right now all of my wholesale, I funnel it through either fair or Tundra. And so, you right. know, I rather capture all those fees, um, and build my own more of my own email list. So I'm really focusing on basically website, retail website, wholesale website traffic is, is the top. And then, um, my little, my sidebar of coaching is starting to cut, starting to come in hot because I'm starting to just people like I I do pop-ups a lot and I'm constantly telling people these different ways. And that's how I started, started coaching as someone who was at a pop-up was like, I need you to help me. So, um, I really want to be able to help people in that aspect too. So those are the three basically main buckets I'm focusing on right now. I love that. And then for wholesale, are there specific, are you trying to target stores or are you just putting your stuff on like fair and then people will just find you? And then what kind of are you seeing patterns with your product? Like people are gravitating toward like one or two types of cups or is it just kind of everything? Um, so I am, I haven't done any reach outs to any stores. So it's just organically going through um, the two platforms. And um, I'm in a couple, I'm in two Facebook groups that are boutique owners and wholesalers and you can pay a membership fee to then post in those groups. So I've got um, traffic that way as well. Hmm. Um, but I have not, like, I haven't started my, um, catalog or anything to start doing reach outs. And I'm not going to do that. I don't think until I hire a VA and just have a VA be designated person, like this is your job type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what's selling the most are my wine tumblers. My glass tumblers started to really get going too as well, but it's, it's the wine tumblers and it's, um, more of the snarky ones, not necessarily all of the like, like, fit, like bitch ones and the fucks ones. Those are selling also pretty well, but it's like more of like the, the twist on things and the snarky. I love it. Cool. Yeah. I love it. It's always good to, or it's always interesting to hear just with wholesale, like what people are, cause again, people are. Yeah just cause it's wholesale. It's like people are going to that website and then they're also searching. So it's, um, probably gives you some good guidance on fo- what you should be focusing on, you know, for your, um, your own website, your social media and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yes. and the I power know? of what she teaches SEO, the power of SEO, yeah. because I did not have my wholesale, um, plat- like listings and stuff optimized the way that they should have been. Mm-hmm. And once I realized, well, maybe I should probably try and te- 
treat this like maybe like Etsy mm-hmm. and put more keywords and all those. That's when things started really going. Cause like, uh, duh, how are they going to find me if like oh, there's nice. nothing there to, you know? Yeah. Oh my gosh. SEO is such an important thing and it's so uh, like underappreciated or like underutilized, but it is like, if you want to build a long-term business that doesn't rely on social media, SEO is number one priority. And like, I literally, I'm releasing this new um, course traffic bootcamp and I'm going to give it to my um, people in my membership. And I literally yesterday was doing all the SEO, like we're refreshing and like rebuilding a new um, course. And so I did this whole new refresh on SEO and it, um, so I'm, so SEO is in my brain right now, but it is like, it is a game changer. I mean, that's what helped change my business between SEO and writing blog content. And when you combine the two together, you just get so much freaking traffic. Yeah. You have to understand what people are searching for. You know, if it comes, if it's a wine tumbler, like, okay, well, wine tumbler is super broad. Mm-hmm. How can we get more specific and granular, like, yes, that, you know, using tools to figure out the words people are searching for. So, and anyway. SEO, yeah. It, I, I'm just going to say this. I hate SEO. So if you were like me and you hate doing, trying to figure it out on your own, get courses or make that be something that you hire someone else to do. Because if you don't like it, you're not going to do it and no one's going to find your shit. (laughs) I know. I love it. (laughs) You have to have it. That's why we like people like Carrie, because you guys like the stuff that we don't. And then you're here to help us. Yeah, I like literally nerd out about like SEO <laughs> and keyword research, and I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> My eyes just like glaze over when I start to do it. I'm like, no, this is not. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. Well, you're amazing. This was um, so fun. This I think will be one of the, probably the longer podcast episodes that I've ever released, but it's all good. I love it. Um, But yeah, thank you so much for just all the stuff that you shared and just like your personal story. And um, just, I feel like you, we talked about a lot of different things. I'm actually pretty shocked right now. Um, (laughs) a lot of different tangents, but no, this was awesome. Um, tell everyone where they can find you, where they can, you know, find your services, your products, um, social media accounts, et cetera. So I hang out mostly on Instagram. My handles F bombs and booze. I'm should be kicking it up a notch on TikTok, hopefully. So all handles, um, are F bombs and booze. My website is F If you are interested in coaching or if you have questions about anything, I'm always an open book. I don't get, keep any information. And if I don't know the information, I'll send you to somebody who can help you. So if you have questions, DM me on Instagram and I will help you in any way that I can. Yay. Well, thank you so much, Nicole. Appreciate all of your time and your amazing story. Thank you for having me. I had a blast. So much fun chatting with Nicole. I hope you guys love this episode. If you did, please go ahead and drop a review on Apple iTunes and tell me what you loved about today's episode. What did you learn? Were you surprised by anything? Um, I do a happy dance every time someone leaves a review and you're helping me to get the podcast in front of more people by leaving a review. So I would appreciate it if you listen to the podcast regularly. All right, guys, I hope everyone has an amazing week and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you love this episode, please go ahead and leave a review on Apple Podcasts and then take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories. Tag me in it at 
Carrie A. Fitzgerald. My name is in the show notes. Thank you so much. And I'll see you guys next week.